0: Kumbawale, for the win! Good! A weekday wins the national championship for Notre Dame! Pino gets the crossing. He's to work 12 can you believe
1: this? Every one has saved the USA's life in this World Cup! 21 World Championship medal. she is the greatest of all time. You just can't say it enough. Wow.
2: Women's singles champion, Serena Williams. large Williams, into bird in the corner.
0: You bet. She's done it again. Sue Byrd.
1: Another week of All In here at WFUV Sports. Welcome in to this Thanksgiving week episode alongside Julia Moss and Chas McAdams I'm Miles Grossman and now that the WNBA season is long over the arguably more popular brand of women's college basketball has taken the stage in college ball but before we get into that it was Thanksgiving it's been a while since I've seen both of y'all it's good to see your faces uh first Julia how was your Thanksgiving?
2: Thanksgiving was great. Oh my gosh, I got to go up to Syracuse, see my aunts and cousins. That was a really cool time, you know, get to disconnect a little bit from how busy school and life is when we're when we're in the midst of college. Um, but as you guys know, my transit back was anything but fun. I was supposed to be on a five-hour bus ride, nothing too terrible. Um, make that seven and a half that oh it was so awful but you know what we're back now it was a great trip and yeah i'm excited to talk some women's hoops
0: i had a good time as well um i was only home for about 40 hours uh because (laughs) i had to take a train out on wednesday and then um and then take a train back on friday uh because i was covering fordham women's basketball here in the bronx uh always They had a great win over uh, UMass Lowell, which is also a hometown team. I know a couple of girls on that squad, but I uh, I definitely had a good time, like being home. I didn't get the disconnect feeling because I was home for less than two days, uh, and most of that was travel. But you know, it was still a good time. Always a good time. Eat good, see good people, make good memories. I had I had a good I had a good Thanksgiving.
1: Good, good. What? That's enough about us. I mean, there's lots of headlines when it comes to women's college basketball. I mean, Angel Reese, if you don't know, 23 and 15 last year, led LSU to the national championship. And then this year, I mean, tons of rumors. She's been benched since halftime on November 14th. And then she's been out ever since. She tweeted, quote, don't believe everything you read. There's lots of stuff fluctuating on social media. She plays alongside a very talented rapper slash basketball player, Flage Johnson. And Flage Johnson's mother has been very vocal on social media saying that Angel Reese has, you know, quote, not been in the books, things like that. And she's been going back and forth with Angel Reese's mother. So there's some speculation regarding if she's not academically eligible. And that all really stems from, the mother of a teammate putting that on social media. And she also got pulled mid game, as we said on November 14th. So that's the coach's decision aspect. Is it an attitude issue? Is it academically eligible? Is it just beefing with teammates and that it's a disciplinary issue? I mean, there's so much speculation and I think that's the biggest thing is that that's really where we stand. It's all speculation. And I don't really want to, you know, add too much to the speculation, but First, I'll I'll turn it to you, Julia, you know, is do you like how LSU has handled it by not being very public? And then if you do want to add a little bit to the speculation, why do you think she's out?
2: Well, first, I despise the way they're handling this. It's the worst thing I think they're going about it the worst way they possibly could. Kim Mulkey, I've said it over and over and over again. I'll say it again. She is a psychopath. <laughs> Kim Mulkey is insane. And, you know, the way she's speaking to these media members, these journalists who are asking the obvious questions that she knows is going to be asked is absolutely absurd. She's getting mad at the question. She's like, well, I could tell you, but I'm not. Like, what's what do you get out of that? They're doing their job. I don't know why you're picking fights with media members who are simply asking questions that they're paid to ask. Your star player isn't playing and you're being intentionally vague about why she's not playing surprise. That's going to lead to questions. Like, I don't know what the the issue is. I, I don't want to pretend. I know what's going on in Kim Mulkey's brain. You know, she made another weird COVID comment a couple weeks ago. I mean, she's just insane. And Yeah, I hate the way they're handling this. If they could just get ahead of it. If Angel Reese isn't making good grades, who cares? Just say she's not making good grades. That's what's happening. Just tell people so we don't have to speculate. I personally, like, it's such a crazy and just bizarre situation in general that there's two moms beefing when both of their daughters are on the same team. Like, why is that happening? But, uh, She got pulled, if she didn't get pulled mid-game of that very first time she stepped off the court, I would be 100% in on, like, you know, she has below a 2.0 GPA, that's what's happening. But because she got pulled in that first game, I think there might be, you know, something more to it, whether it be off-the-court stuff, attitude issues, because, you know, she's very active on social media, and in all credit to her, build your brand, do that, but, you know that comes with a cost that comes with more eyes on you, more people following you um, both on social media and in real life. So, you know, you're put under more of a microscope. So things like that could deter Angel Reese, like small things becoming big things. So I don't want to add any speculation because I don't know what it is, but I just think this whole situation is bizarre. And LSU is just, I mean, you. I don't want to take up too much time, but one last thing recruits are going to watch this and they're going to be like, what is going on in LSU? The way they're handling this is going to deter recruits in the future because this is such a messy situation. You've got two moms fight beefing on Twitter. Like, what is this? This is so unserious. That's my thought on it.
0: I have a theory. I I, I have a little bit of a theory. Okay. So hear, hear me out. Angel Reese, one of the most profitable NIL college athletes uh, ever. Uh, since NIL has been a thing in the recent years. So if she has a rider on some of her contracts about her playing a certain amount of games to 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 be eligible for these deals, if she's ineligible for injury, that's fine. But if she's academically ineligible, maybe it like screws with her money. So that's why LSU is trying to keep it under wraps. I hate- Well, Kim I guess Hoke. my my question
1: would be, why is it in LSU's best interest? You're saying because they're trying to save money? Well,
0: because they're trying to save their meal ticket. I mean, Angel Reese, LSU basketball didn't put Angel Reese on the map. Angel Reese put LSU women's basketball on the map. I know Kim Mulkey's been doing like a lot. I hate her so much. Um, uh, She looks like a kaleidoscope. Uh, She's, I, I don't, I'm not a fan. I definitely don't like her, but I think that LSU, as an athletic program, obviously values Angel Reese, So they're trying to protect their meal ticket by being vague because they don't want the companies to know that she is academically ineligible. They just want to keep it vague so she can keep cashing her checks so LSU can cash theirs. Theory.
1: I see what you're saying. See, in the beginning, Chaz, I thought you meant that they were, like, intentionally holding her out. Or something like Damn. that. But you're yeah. saying yeah. yes, okay. You're saying that they're intentionally covering it up. Now, see, this is where I agree with you. It's a snow job, Chad. A, a in that, job. yes, okay, I, I get you there. Because Julia, my point in, in regards, in regards to Kim Mulkey, is that in a way she's being a player's coach, in quote unquote, like her angle, her defense to what she's doing is, I'm defending my players by keeping the truth out of the of the world and and you know the only argument that they she could have to back that up is the truth is something that really angel reese doesn't want out there it's something embarrassing i think that it has something to do with academics personally i think that just because kim is making it seem like there's no good reason why Angel would want this out in the world. And obviously the whole idea of you being academically ineligible at a school like LSU, where the the whole kind of idea is that, you know, the average walking 18 year old could get a 2.0 at LSU. It's embarrassing to Angel Reese. And I think, you know, the program's trying to protect Angel Reese, just as you said, Chaz. And I think that in a way, Kim's angle is, you know, this is how I keep recruits. I can say that, hey, if some shit happens, oh, pardon me, if some stuff happens here and you don't become academically eligible, I'll have your back.
2: I see that. However, it's just something about the way Kim Mulkey like presents herself and the tone of voice she takes with media members. I think the words that she's saying if you wrote it on a piece of paper, it does back up like protecting the players, players, coach, whatever, whatever. But the way that she says it of like, with such an attitude, that's like, how dare you even ask this question? Is what rubs me the wrong way. And it is what is going to really like translate into bad media coverage on the way the media looks at her, which is like, no one benefits from that. And that's one of my big thing about when women's, people within women's sports treat media members poorly because women's women's college basketball and WNBA and WSL it's all in a unique grouping that's different from like the NBA and the NFL in which both parties are trying to get women's sports more coverage like you're supposed to work as a team in that sense and Kim Mulkey taking shots at media like i said the words that she's saying is fine i don't really care about what she's saying how she's saying it to the media that really rubs me the wrong way and it's such a a insane topic and such like a multifaceted topic when we're talking about angel reese because you know it could just be so many things if it is something gpa related like it begs the question was she focusing too much on getting her bag and was she not focusing enough on her academics or even basketball? Because that that was a big question about her coming into this season. Is like she had a huge offseason where she did a lot of stuff, a lot of press stuff, a lot of endorsements. And there were some questions if she was like ready to play basketball again. And now there's questions on if she was if she's ready to be a student at LSU, which is historically not that difficult of a college to attend. No offense to SEC schools, but they're not known for their academic rigor. So I don't know. It, it's tough because this is overall, no matter what it is, it, it's because Angel Reese is not injured. That's one thing we do know. So it can't be good
1: yeah and i think it's you know it's a tough spot if, you, if you're angel reese because i think the big downside of what's going on is what you just spoke to there is that it leaves it all up to speculation we don't know why angel reese is out so we could turn to many many possible ideas that all paint her in a bad light and and leaving that up to speculation is obviously never good but I obviously see where my my side of it is that I see where Kim and Co is coming from in that we want players to know that their secrets will be secrets here at LSU and and I I, I you know I I think it's tough because Angel Reese is obviously bigger than the brand of LSU women's basketball at this point she is like you said Chaz she has built that brand whether rather than that brand has built her. Um, And I think there is kind of that question mark about how can that affect a player's ego? Does this player feel bigger than the program? That's something you see throughout division one sports is you never want that issue of this player feels bigger. uh, This player feels bigger than our program. And I think, you know, that's possibly what you might run into. That's possibly why she might get benched in halftime. Is it an attitude issue? And I think, you know, Like you said, I think we should just leave it at that. But Julia.
2: Yes. I, oh my gosh, I completely lost what I just had. Oh, okay. But my last devil's advocate slash pushback is that, is that really the message LSU wants to send to just potential athletes and students? Is that like, yeah, if you flunk out of college, we'll keep it safe. Like if you fail out of bio one, like, Your secret's safe with us. Like, I don't know if that's even the message that you want to send out. Like, if it is academic integrity or academic, uh, you know, if she's failing or she has less than a 2.0 GPA, which, by the way, a 3.0 is averaging a B, so I'm not really sure what the math is on a 2.0, but I think it's averaging C's and less than. So, like, is that even what LSU wants to do is say, like, yeah, your secret's safe with us if you're a terrible student. So... That I feel like that was a little harsh, but overall, I just don't know if even that is the route that you really want. If that's the message you want to send, just reflecting on the institution of LSU itself,
0: yeah. I mean, Julia, I would agree, but I I don't think they care. I mean, uh, again, like I said, the word meal ticket I think it's very apropos here in this situation. I usually, I mean, I mean, you hear stories about uh, people when they get after college about. Uh, D1 athletes getting tests taken for them and, and and classes taken for them. I don't know if that's as readily available to women's sports in the SEC, but you definitely heard stories about it. And I would just think Angel Reese kind of had the Alabama QB ego, with and, and, but then she got the LSU women's basketball resources. You know what I mean? Like she didn't have the like Atlas shrug level of support under her that she thought thought she did even though she's one of the faces of the sport no doubt in my mind that she's gonna go down all time uh in, just in terms of story but just to rewind a little bit I love a good mom beef love a good mom beef uh uh just just twitter fingers active um uh Flaugia Johnson's mom just Instagram
1: stories for- mainly in particular
0: which is so mom too? Going into creator mode on on Instagram stories, like uh, just like Facebook, it's oh, uh, you're sixty seven. I was gonna uh, say I
2: want this to go over to Facebook. I think that would be like the true pinnacle of like fighting on all Facebook time posts. All please, time. please, guys, bring it over to Facebook. I will. I don't use Facebook very often, but I will be refreshing, refreshing. If that, oh, yeah, I'll make the Facebook. count. Like I don't care. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I I think that it's very funny that Flaji Johnson's about, like she had just had no reason to do that i get like like literally how does it benefit your daughter yourself or, 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 or that's Girl, one maybe it's you. not i don't know it's all time uh all-time mom beef uh, i love that um but yeah uh just kim mulkey's in, Uh, i agree with julia kim mulkey stinks
1: Yeah, I mean, it is funny to see Plage Johnson's mom and Angel Reese's mom going at it. I think, you know, it's obviously detrimental to everybody involved. It makes both of them look bad. It makes their daughters look bad. It makes the whole program look like they're just this kind of, I don't know, program that's going at each other internally. It's it's a childish look, to say the very least. Um, But, you know, that, that that should do it for our talk on on Angel Reese. I think the biggest takeaway is that speculation leaves a lot or, you know, leaving room for speculation leaves room for speculation. And that can be extremely problematic. But let's now transition to, to AZ FUD. I mean, the you can program is this program that seemingly had Lots of injury-prone superstars. Paige Beckers has battled this the last couple of years, and now AZ Fudd out for the remainder of the year, torn right ACL and meniscus. It's an obviously tough subject. I think whenever we talk about injury-prone players in basketball, it can be uncomfortable because we're talking about this hypothetical what could have been or what could be. But the fact of the matter is UConn has two injury-prone superstars in AZ Fudd and Paige Beckers, and that's a tough position to be in. And and the fact of the matter is AZ, AZ Fudd will be gone for the remainder of the year. And I think now the big question is how does UConn bounce back from this and and where does AZ Fudd's career go? I think the first point we got to hit on is this is not – It for her at UConn. She still got a little bit of eligibility.
2: Yeah, Um, it it's hard to even know where to start when you're talking about UConn because this is a program that's been so dominant for so long and gets the best recruits every year. Like they have like up there top five at a minimum, usually up there with you know the top two recruiting classes every year they've just had the worst i've never seen such a good program have such terrible luck in like a four-year span than uconn women's basketball and it's just as a fan of like basketball itself it's really tough because you see these players and az fudd has been talked about since she came out of high school and she's like when she's on the court she's great same with Paige becker Came in as a freshman and took over the whole country. Like everyone was talking about Paige Beckers. And then she tears like she has two season-ending injuries back to back, and you blink, and she's a senior now. Same thing is going to happen with AZ Fudd, except AZ Fudd hasn't even had the time on the court in her Yukon career to even take over certain dialogues and certain aspects of college women's basketball. So it's just it's just tough to see as a fan of women's basketball, like I'm not a UConn fan by any stretch of the imagination, but you just hate to see young potential superstars go down to injuries like this. And it feels like it's always happening to UConn. And at some point you have to think, is this something within the strength department or something within, you know, just their athletics department in general, like they're not stretching correctly. They're not because there's this, and I don't want to go off too, too much of a tangent here, but I'll send it to you guys, um, and I'll post it on my story or something. But there's this notes app that has all of UConn's injuries from 2021 to 2023. Trying to make this focus here. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I mean, every year it's like their top four players, like, destroy their knee. Like, their knee blows up every year. And this is just torn ACL. Of course, she's going to be done for the season. Hopefully she comes back again um better than ever but you know she's had a lot of traumatic injuries to her legs so you know it just gets tougher and tougher each time
0: tough tough it's hard to feel bad for UConn women's basketball but nonetheless I feel bad for AZ FUD I think that there's there's definitely a way you can go about this when talking about the athletic department and a a program with such high expectations like UConn always has. I don't care if they have bottom 25 uh, recruiting like every, every uh, during a year, the popular culture will expect them to finish in the top 10. So it's, it's, it's being a UConn women's basketball player can't be easy at all. Um, but there's, there's definitely, there's definitely a trend. And I think after AZ Fudd's injury, I think people are going to start paying attention uh, when you have people like Paige uh, go down so often. But I'm excited to see Paige play. Uh, this shouldn't affect them too poorly. Um, they, they, they will be be back. But, they, they I mean, they lost a uh, fantastic player, no doubt.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, I personally, you know, I've always disagreed with the blame, the strength and conditioning coaches. Just personally, my thought process was, they're all basically doing the same thing. And now I know there is, you know, the little tweaks. The mid-majors might not have the same pros that the Alabamas and the LSUs and the USCs do. But, you know, we interact with our crew that travels with the – the, the basketball teams here at, at Fordham. And, you know, I, it's just, it seems like such a standard operating process where they're taught the same thing in school, et cetera, et cetera. So I almost, you know, I, I want to take the backs of the, of the coaches over there at UConn, but it is just terrible luck. I think that's the biggest thing that you can point to is that, you know, all these players, it, it especially just in modern basketball, you know, you're supposed to be able to cut quickly. You're supposed to be able to put pressure on your knee, put pressure on your ankle, cut right to left in a heartbeat. And, you know, sometimes that's all we, that's going to be too much for, for ligaments. And I think, you know, we obviously see it more and more in modern basketball because of we know what's being diagnosed and we have that high level of medicine that we probably didn't have 40 or 50 years ago, but, There's no doubt about it. Just the modern game breeds these kind of injuries. And I think players who rely on these type of quick cuts, like guys like Kyrie Irving, it's almost surprising he doesn't go down every year with some sort of ligament issue just because of the way he's supposed to move on a basketball court. So I think it is, it is disappointing, but you know, a point I want to touch on before we move off of AZ Fudd is that Brett Tulip, our producer for this episode, apparently Knew new AZ back in high school and says she was always on crutches back then. And I think the the theme is that guys like Derrick Rose, or in this case, AZ FUD, it is a genetic thing in that maybe your ligaments aren't built for that kind of pressure, particularly if she maybe had a couple procedures. I don't think she had procedures in high school, but if she had any issues in high school where she was continuously on crutches or in a boot, and then this is the issue out of UConn, she has a body maybe that has a predilection for these injuries, and that's kind of a tough thing to say out loud.
2: And I can speak to that a little bit, definitely on a significantly, can't stress, stress, stress is enough, significantly smaller scale. But I had, when I played sports uh, growing up, I have uh, just like structural difference in my knees. Like my kneecaps my knee are just placed just a little bit higher up in that groove than most other people. And because of that, I had knee dislocations constantly. So, you know, college sports was never an option for me once I got to like number six and seven of my left knee dislocating. And that's not because of anything specifically I did and it couldn't be avoided by anything specifically I could do. So Miles, you bring a good point that sometimes, you know, just structurally, everyone is made differently. You know, you could, no doubt that FUD does everything she can to make all of her muscles strong. I mean, she's plays for a premier women's college basketball team, but sometimes just structurally, especially when you have one injury that leads to another, that leads to another, every time it's harder to come back. And furthermore, and what's most important, it's harder to not re-injure again. So, um, you, you know, you say it's hard to feel bad for UConn. It was hard at first. And then it happened like four years in a row. And then you're like, dang, maybe this really does suck. Uh, I definitely didn't feel bad for them the first couple seasons where they were kind of not as good as they were supposed to be. But you hate to see a dynasty fall because of something out of their control. And I feel like UConn, that dynasty is kind of starting to falter a little bit now that there's South Carolina in the mix, now that there's Iowa in the mix, UNC possibly, uh, you know, entering that conversation not not of dynasty but just of current you know good teams um but you as someone who hated on yukon when they were at the top you don't want to see them you know fall back to earth because of injuries you want it to be because of just other teams becoming better and i think that's my biggest takeaway
1: and before we wrap up this episode we got into our Angel Reese talk. We got into our AZ FUD talk. But a lot has changed in terms of the top 25 scheme. UCLA has jolted into that, as you said, UNC back in the conversation. But while a lot has changed in that department, it really seems a lot has also stayed the same. South Carolina and Don Staley reigning, or not the reigning national champions anymore, two years ago that is. But they've been in the conversation forever, and they're back at the number one spot what any major changes that that stand out to you early on in the championship contender conversation?
2: Nope, Iowa's going to win it this year. I'm 100% confident of that. Um, it's going to, I mean, you look at Iowa-South Carolina last year, it was one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. And I have no doubt that Iowa has every capability of beating this year's Iowa team. Um, so, yeah, I have Iowa winning it. And I will never. I don't unless Caitlin Clark falls off the face of the earth or like gets injured. I think she's a, she's gonna lead this team to a national championship. But I also want to say, just because of biases, I'm gonna say it. Notre Dame, watch out for Notre Dame women's basketball. Um, oh come on, Chaz, don't make that face.
0: I was I made an upset face because I disagree.
2: <laughs> Listen, Anna DeWolf is killing it. Fordham, oh is yeah. She is gonna lead that team to a chip and gonna make mid-majors everywhere smile.
0: Sure, sure. Uh I'm huge on the Wolf Pack this year. Huge on the Wolf Pack. I think that uh with with what James Rivers and Hayes have been able to do uh as a big three has been one of one in college basketball. So that's my take on that.
1: Definitely. And you know, I like what you said, Julia, because obviously we're biased because of Anna DeWolf, but Uh, Unfortunately, it seems that South Carolina is the top dog, and they proved that on opening day. That was a dominant affair. So if when it comes down to it, if that's a tournament contest and it's Notre Dame, South Carolina, I am siding with South Carolina. But an interesting point you mentioned also before we wrap up here is, Julia, you said Iowa is your favorite, and they recently fell to Kansas State, but you still think – that they have that in them before we wrap up i want to give you an opportunity to defend that take coming off that kansas state loss
2: no team goes undefeated no national championship team goes undefeated unless you're uconn you got to have a loss in order to figure out what you need to work on that's my that's my defense
1: i love it but that will do it for this week in all in once again chaz mcadams julia moss i'm miles grossman see you next week